This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.Church forward slash south. Hey, Dave. Hey, Daniel. How are you? How's your health? Uh, better. You know, we're, we're uh, recovering from the sickness we had and lot, still lots and lots of fatigue and a very annoying cough mm. and a funny voice. So a funny voice. Describe your funny voice. It's just it's just not my normal voice. I just am, I feel like it's is it gonna, like your dad voice. <laughs> no, it's like is it your a, husband voice. It's like my squeaky, your squeaky, weird, voice. embarrassing at times voice. I was just praying during the sermon last week that it didn't do lots of cracking. Your, your, your puber- puberty voice. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but there. Okay, All there right. it is. There it is. Well, well, I'm here with a prepubescent version <laughs> of David Zuliger. Um, here to talk about Advent part two. Um, is that too much? You okay? I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. People expect it from you, man. It's, it's fine. It's good. So I don't have a random question today. We're, uh, we're I think a, we already, yeah, that was, was that random stuff? enough for you? <laughs> yeah, All right. I think we're good. So we talked uh, about some of the biblical texts in our last episode in regards to Advent and, mm-hmm. uh, the coming of Christ, both Old Testament and New Testament, how those things all beautifully tie together. Today we wanted to talk about uh, some about why we do what we do when it comes to the Advent calendar. So here we are, a Reformed Baptist church with uh, some different leanings and some different directions that has Advent calendars mm-hmm. and children that come in with robes and set that down and specific <laughs> scripture readings That's and right. other things like that. It all sounds a little liturgical, Dave. Liturgical. Are we? Are we? Yeah, we're charismatic too, and liturgical. And liturgical. How would? Uh, no, nah, I'm not even going to go there. Yes, no. charismatic, liturgical, reformed, reformed. all these various Baptist. things. Uh, so, just real fast, uh, when we say liturgy, what do we mean by liturgy? What is that? Yeah, a liturgy is just kind of an intentional form for how you worship. I mean, yeah. That's the most basic definition. Yeah. Yeah, and if you remember our episode on liturgy um, with Nick from, I don't know, sometime in the last year, uh, you know, liturgy can often be uh, unplanned, but yet a pattern. Right. So right. Uh, churches that might say, yeah, we're not liturgical at all, we're just kind of free and listen to the Spirit, that itself is a liturgy, yep. as it were. Yep. Um, so uh, then when I say the word liturgical calendar... What does that mean, Dave? Yeah, when you say that, you're probably referring to the church calendar. Yeah. And the church calendar is just, uh, again, you know, we've said this before, it's, it's, not, it's not the Bible. It's just a tool that separates the year out into different seasons. And those seasons have been used by the church for a long time to get our hearts tuned uh, to get our hearts oriented around certain themes that have proven themselves helpful uh, for the people of God. Uh, so, so again, you know, it, there's kind of it can kind of be an anti-liturgy thing in in Baptist circles. You know, we we don't do the liturgy thing. Um, for me, what I just find in my life in general that patterns and rhythms and habits. Are helpful for me. Uh, that doesn't mean I, I hold them so close that they become an idol. You got to roll with the punches sometimes and just do what happens. But 
generally habits and rhythms and patterns are helpful. And I think that's why the church calendar for me uh, and even our family probably in the last five years, even more than ever, has just been a sweet thing to tune our hearts to different different realities of the gospel, different realities of the person of Christ, of the church, of, of all that kind of thing. Yeah, so as Baptists, I mean, we're in the free church tradition, uh, and Reformed Baptists, we're looking back to the Protestant Reformation for some uh, guidance in terms of how we're going about doing things. And there's a significant part of the Protestant Reformation, especially in the free church, that rejects a lot of things related to liturgy. Not not everyone does by any means. Anglicans don't, many Presbyterians, certainly Lutherans don't, um, but many within our own tradition, Baptist tradition, would in various ways. And I think that's uh, that can actually be a helpful impulse because coming out of the years where the Roman Catholic Church had accreted, put on tons and tons of extra things on top of the gospel, things like Advent and Lent and other things like that could be just essentially dead works and mm-hmm. thought of, especially in pre-Reformation Catholicism, uh, you know, and well, honestly, still today for some of those traditions, thought of as earning a place before God mm-hmm. or the obligatory work that we must do in response to God's grace. And we're not saying that at all. We're, right. we're not the way that we do Advent, the way that we uh, publish a Lent guide, the way that we do um, Easter week and other things like that are just optional mm-hmm. things that we think could be helpful for the, our rhythms uh, as a people. Mm-hmm. So how many Advent uh Candles are there, Dave? Well, what's an Advent candle? Is it a real candle on Sunday morning, or is it a is it a fake candle? It's a fake candle. It is a yeah. fake candle. Why is it a fake candle, Dave? That feels. Are we all about that fake at, at South? We didn't want to I mean, get too recorded sermons you know. and fake candles and yeah, we didn't want to get too liturgical. A real candle felt like a step too far. Okay, no, right. I think it mostly has to do with the safety of the kids in those long robes that they're walking up in, <laughs> yes. and the steps that yeah. they're taking. Yeah. Um, well, on yeah. Christmas Eve, we'll use real candles, right? We will, but not for that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we'll so still up. a fake candle for the... And that's kind of new. That's kind of Nick's new thing, which really comes from his dad. Mm. So that's a family liturgy that he's bringing to our family here. Wow, at Nick, is, uh, Nick isn't here to defend his practice of liturgy, so we will leave I that I like be. it. Yeah, I it's cool too. when all those I things light too. up. That's great. So Dave, do you remember... I've got them here in front of me, because... Uh, I'm like that. Do you remember what the first Advent candle, the first week of Advent signifies? I can't remember if it's peace or hope. I think peace comes first. It's oh. hope, bro. Sorry. Of course it is. It's Advent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You just... Hope, peace, joy, love. Come on, bro. Do you even liturgy? Like, I guess not. It's Okay. It's to okay. be fair, I, w- I was sick that first week this year, so <laughs> that's right. So hadn't, my my first one this year was peace. Yeah, hadn't hadn't <laughs> preached that one. Did a great job. Yeah. So this year we read Psalm eighty one through three, talking about the hope of Christ. Give ear, O Shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. Mm. 
So, I mean, the hope of Advent is that God's presence in coming, as foretold in the prophets, the writings, the Psalms, the Torah, all of that is God, when he comes, will save his people. Amen. When he finally comes, he will save his people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really big deal. And so when we turn the page to the second week of Advent, now, do you remember which one that is? Peace. Peace! There it is. We read... Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. That's what we read on the second week of Advent, December 5th. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now it's significant because how does peace come about between heaven and earth? Well, by the means of this coming one, Mm -hmm. yes, God himself who will himself be the sacrifice for his people's Mm -hmm. sins Mm -hmm. and will rise again to confirm everything that he said and break the chains of death. Mm. So what are we hoping in? We're hoping in ultimately peace between heaven and earth in the person of Jesus Christ and uh, for all those that are in Christ. And then the third week, uh, which we did on December 12th, reading, uh, oh, am I out of order? Nope. Isaiah 7, 13 through 14. And he said, hear then, O house of David, it is, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We know what Emmanuel means, God with us. Mm -hmm. So that the sign of the virgin birth um, is one of the heralding of the coming of the king um, and all of his glory and who's the king, God with us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, originally it's the the prince um, who's going to, or, or the uh, God himself who's going to come. What's he going to do? He's going to bring peace in this third week, um, which we talk about as the joy yeah. of his presence. How is this going to happen through a lowly, humble, not in a palace, upside down way of thinking? Uh, in a manger. Yeah. yeah. Good news of great joy. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And then the fourth week, which we're going to celebrate this Sunday, uh, this is Friday the 17th, I think. Um, and then this Sunday, the 19th is going to be um, the love is the, the theme of the fourth Advent week. Zephaniah three fourteen hmm. through 17. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away The judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said in Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. So in the grief of uh, living in a fallen world and dealing with their own sin, God comes, God atones, God rescues, and God rejoices over us, and we rejoice in turn. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's it. And then, of course, the fifth week, uh, which I'm not sure what the text is this particular year, but uh, the fifth week is just the Christmas Eve service. Um, so if you're listening to this, come on Christmas Eve 24th, which is uh, Friday, this a week from today, and uh, yeah, celebrate with us at 6 o'clock, I think, is mm-hmm. when we're doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, I just talked for a while. That wasn't very conversational. 
not very vibrant, you might say. Isn't vibrant. Yeah. Anything I thought about, it was vibrant. Yeah. Vibrant anything about the uh, happen. Yeah, yeah. Anything about the uh, um, you know, the four weeks of Advent uh, and the five Advent candles that stands out to you, either in the way that we do it or why we do it a particular way or anything like that. I mean, all I'd say is I, uh, and he, he's not here to defend himself, but he's also not here to <laughs> rejoice in my compliment I'm about to give him. Uh, but I, I just, I've, I've so appreciated now for, you know, six years or so the way Nick is intentional in the way he ties the themes through and the way he sets our hearts. Um, there's a kind of serious and yet celebratory feel to it. And it's just really helpful for my heart, you know, and, and also helpful, you know, we did an Advent guide this year with short devotionals. That's been helpful to my heart, just thinking about the theme of the light shining in the darkness this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's for me, I just like letting my heart settle into eager expectation. Yeah. And, I, and I think that it, it's a great way to kind of head into the new year. And I, I really do think this year more than ever, I mean, just as you read those texts, I mean, peace, his peace will never end. What would unending peace look like yeah. in the context of 2021 yeah. <laughs> and 2020? You know, he, he's, gonna re, he's rejoicing over his people with loud singing. And the, the text this week for the sermon is the end of Revelation 21. Yes. The beginning of Revelation 22. Are you uh, jumping ahead to a preview of our sermon series in 2023? Dave. 2021, 2020. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not making any promises Come to you. Come on, even you try to Dave. Get me to on this podcast all the time. I think, uh, but just the idea of, so we've been, it's been really helpful for my heart to think about the light shines in the darkness. The darkness doesn't overcome it. Man, that's really good news. <laughs> that's really good news. But better news, the title of the sermon this week is, The Light Shines and There Is No Darkness. Mm. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's even better. Yeah. That there's a day coming when... There's no darkness for the light to shine into. There's no, uh, we won't need a bolstering of our faith and our confidence because the light's still shining into this darkness. It's just all going to be light. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's That gets me excited. Yeah, that's what I've been points towards ultimately. Yeah. The first coming of Christ is a pattern to help us prepare for the second coming of Christ. Amen. So all yeah. those that longed for the consolation of Israel, talked about that last time, Simeon, mm-hmm. Anna, Others give us a, you know, attitudes and actions for us to say, we long for the coming That's right. of the King. That's Maranatha, right. come Lord Jesus. Anything else you'd say, Dave? Just, just encourage people to um, just dive in, just take little steps to tune your heart to this and, and let your heart lean into the, to the expectation. So we, we're going to just try to keep providing uh, what I would call intentional overlap, you know, so devotionals and worship services and sermons um, that will kind of cascade, we hope, upon one another wave after wave to get your hearts set in the season. And yep. um, I hope people are I hope people are encouraged by it. And even if they don't realize it's happening, kind of feel the overwhelming sense of hope that we want to come from it. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for joining me today, Dave. Always good to be here, Daniel. I know. <laughs>